Exile, Chapter 20, Father, My Father How many lies had Matron Malice told him? What truth could Drizzt ever find in the web of deceptions that marked Drow society? His father had not been sacrificed to the Spider Queen. Zach Nefane was here, fighting before him, wielding his swords as finely as Drizzt had ever seen. What is it? Belwar demanded. The drow warrior? Drizzt was barely able to whisper. From your city, Dark Elf? Belwar asked. Send after you. From Menzberanzen? Drizzt replied. Belwar waited for more information, but Drizzt was too enthralled by Zack's appearance to go into much detail. We must go, the borough warden said at length. Quickly, agreed Clacker, returning to his friends. The Hookhara's voice sounded more controlled now, as though the mere appearance of Clacker's friends has aided his peck side in its continual internal struggle. The Mind Flares are organizing defenses. Many slaves are down. Drizzt spun out of the reach of Belwar's pickaxe. No, he said firmly. I'll not leave him. Mega Kamora, Dark Elf, Belwar shouted back at him. Who is it? Zaknafane Duarden, Drizzt yelled back. More than matching the Burrow Warden's rising ire, Drizzt's volume dropped considerably as he finished the thought, though, and he nearly choked on his words. My father... By the time Belwar and Clacker exchanged disbelieving stares, Drizzt was gone, running to and then up the wide stairway. Atop it, the spirit wraith stood among a mound of victims, mind flayers and slaves alike, who had found the great misfortune of getting in his way. Farther along the higher tier, several illithids had taken flight from the undead monster. Zaknafane started to pursue them for they were running toward the stone castle, following the course the spirit wraith had determined from the beginning. A thousand magical alarms sounded within the spirit wraith, though, and abruptly turned him back towards the stair. Drizzt was coming. Zincarla's moment of fulfillment, the purpose of Zaknafane's animation, at last had arrived. Weapons master! Driz cried, springing up lightly to stand by his father's side. The young drow bubbled with elation, not realizing the truth of the monster standing before him. When Driz got near Zack, though, he sensed that something was wrong. Perhaps it was the strange light in the spirit wraith's eyes that slowed Driz's rush. Perhaps it was the fact that Zack Nefane did not return his joyful call. A moment later, it was the downward slice of a sword. Drizzt somehow managed to get a blocking scimitar up in time. Confused, he still believed that Zaknafane simply had not recognized him. Father, he shouted, I am Drizzt. One sword dived ahead, while the second started in a wide slice, then rushed suddenly toward Drizzt's side. Matching the spirit with speed, Drizzt came down with one scimitar to parry the first attack and sliced across with the other to foil the second. Who are you? Driz demanded desperately, furiously. A flurry of blows came straight in. Driz worked frantically to keep them at bay. But then Zaknafane came across with a backhand and managed to sweep both of Driz's blades out to the same side. The spirit wraith's second sword followed closely, a cut aimed straight at Driz's heart, one that Driz could not possibly block. Back down at the bottom of the stairway, Belwar and Clacker cried out, thinking their friend doomed. 
Zach Nefane's moment of victory was stolen from him, though, by the instincts of the hunter. Drizzt sprang to the side ahead of the plunging blade, then twisted and ducked under Zach Nefane's deadly cut. The sword nicked him under the jawbone, leaving a painful gash. When Drizzt completed his roll and found his footing, despite the angles of the stair, he showed no sign of acknowledging the injury. When Drizzt again faced his father's impostor, simmering fires burned in his lavender eyes. Drizzt's agility amazed his friends, who had seen him before in battle. Zach Nefane rushed out immediately after completing his swing, but Drizzt was up and ready for the spirit wraith when it caught up to him. "'Who are you?' Drizzt demanded again. This time his voice was deathly calm. "'What are you?' The spirit wraith snarled and charged recklessly, believing beyond any doubt that this was not Zach Nefane. Drizzt did not miss the opening. He rushed back towards his original position, knocking a sword aside and slipping a scimitar through as he passed his charging adversary. Drizzt's blade cut through the fine mesh armor and dug deeply into Zach Nefane's lung, a wound that would have stopped any mortal opponent. But Zach Nefane did not stop. The spirit wraith did not draw breath and did not feel pain. Zack turned back on Drizzt and flashed a smile so evil that it would have made Matron Malice stand up and applaud. Back now at the top step of the stairway, Drizzt stood wide-eyed in amazement. He saw the gruesome wound and saw against all possibility Zack Nefane steadily advancing, not even flinching. "'Get away!' Belwar cried from the bottom of the stairs. An ogre rushed at the deep gnome, but Clacker intercepted and immediately crushed the thing's head in a claw." "'We must leave!' Clacker said to Belwar, the clarity of his voice turning the Burrow Warden on his heel. Belwar could see it clearly in the hook horror's eyes. In that critical moment, Clacker was more a peck than he had been since before the wizard's polymorph spell. "'The stones tell me of Illithid's gathering within the castle!' Clacker explained, and the Deep Gnome was not surprised that Clacker had heard the voices of the stones." The Illithids will rush out soon, Clacker continued, to the certain demise of every slave left in the cavern. Belwar did not doubt a word of it, but to the Shrivneblin, loyalty far outweighed personal safety. We cannot leave the drow, he replied through clenched teeth. Clacker nodded in full agreement and charged out to chase away a group of grey dwarves that had come too close. Run, dark elf, Belwar cried. We have no time! Driz didn't hear his Shrepneblin friend. He focused on the approaching weapons master, the monster impersonating his father, even as Zach Nefane focused on him. Of all the many evils perpetrated by Matron Malice, none, by Driz's estimation, were greater than this abomination. Malice somehow had perverted the one thing in Driz's world that had given him pleasure— Drizzt had believed Zach Nefane dead, and that thought was painful enough. But now this. It was more than the young drow could bear. He wanted to fight this monster with all of his heart and soul, and the spirit wraith, created for no reason other than this battle, wholly concurred. Neither noticed the illithid descending from the darkness above, farther down back on the platform behind Zach Nefane. "'Come, monster of matron malice,' Drizzt growled, sliding his weapons together. Come and feel my blades. Zach Nefane paused only a few steps away and flashed his wicked smile again. The swords came up. The spirit wraith took another step. Whoop! 
The Illithid's blast rolled over both of them. Zachnafane remained unaffected, but Drizzt caught the force fully. Darkness rolled over him. His eyelids drooped with undeniable weight. He heard his scimitars fall to the stone, but he was beyond any other comprehension. Zachnafane snarled in gleeful victory, banged his swords together, and stepped toward the falling drow. Belwar screamed, but it was Clacker's monstrous cry of protest that sounded loudest, rising above the din of the battle-filled cavern. Everything Clacker had ever known as a peck rushed back to him as he saw the drow who had befriended him fall doomed. The peck's identity surged back more keenly, perhaps, than Clacker had even known in his former life. Zachnafane lunged, seeing his helpless victim in range, but then smashed headfirst into a stone wall that had appeared from nothingness. The spirit wraith bounced back, his eyes wide in frustration. He clawed at the wall and pounded on it, but it was quite real and sturdy. The stone blocked Zachnafane fully from the stairway and his intended prey. Back down to the stairway, Belwar turned his stunned gaze on Clacker. The Shrifneblin had heard that some pecks could conjure such walls of stone. Did you? the Burrow Warden gasped. The peck in a hookhar's body did not pause long enough to answer. Clacker leaped the stairs, four at a stride, and gently hoisted Drizzt in his huge arms. He even thought to retrieve the drow's scimitars, then came pounding back down the flight. Run! Clacker commanded the Burrow Warden. For all of your life, run, Belwar Dizengulp! The Deep Numb, scratching his head with his pickaxe hand, did indeed run. Clacker cleared a wide path to the cavern's rear exit. None dared stand before the enraged charge, and the Burr Warden, with his short surf neblin legs, one of which was sprained, had a difficult time keeping up. Back up at the stairs, before the wall, Zachnafane could only assume that the floating Illithid, the same one that had blasted Drizzt, had blocked his charge. Zachnafane whirled about on the monster and screamed in sheer hatred. Whoop! Another blast came. Zachnafane leaped up and sliced off both of the Illithid's feet with a single stroke. The Illithid levitated higher, sending mental cries of anguish and distress to his companions. Zachnafane couldn't reach the thing, and with other Illithids rushing in from every angle, the Spear Wraith didn't have time to enact his own levitation spell. Zachnafane blamed this Illithid for his failure. He would not let it escape. He hurled a sword as precisely as any spear. The Illithid looked down at Zachnafane in disbelief, then to the blade buried half to the hilt in its chest, and knew that his life was at an end. Mind flares rushed toward Zachnafane, firing the stunning blasts as they came. The spirit wraith only had one sword remaining, but he smashed the opponents down anyway, venting his frustrations on their ugly octopus heads. Drizzt had escaped for now. Chapter 21 Lost and found. Praise Loth, Matron Malice stammered, sensing the distant elation in her spirit wraith. He has drizzed. The matron mother snapped her gaze to one side, then the other, and her three daughters backed away at the sheer power of the emotions contorting her visage. Zachnafane has found your brother. Maya and Vernus smiled at each other, glad that this whole ordeal might finally be coming to a conclusion. Since the enactment of Zincarla, the normal and necessary routines of House Duarden had virtually ceased, 
and every day their nervous mother had turned further and further inward, absorbed by the spirit wraith's hunt. Across the anteroom, Breeze's smile would have shown a different light to any who took the time to notice, an almost disappointed light. Fortunately for the firstborn, Matron Malice was too absorbed by distant events to take notice. The matron mother fell deeper into her meditative trance, savoring every morsel of rage the spirit wraith threw out, in the knowledge that her blasphemous son was on the receiving end of this anger. Malice's breathing came in excited gasps as Zach Nefane and Drizzt played through their sword fight. Then the matron mother nearly lost her breath altogether. Something had stopped Zinkarla. No! Malice screamed, leaping out of her decorated throne. She glanced around, looking for someone to strike or something to throw. No! she cried again. It cannot be! Drizzt has escaped? Breeza asked, trying to keep the smugness out of her voice. Malice's subsequent stare told Breeza that her tone might have revealed too much of her thoughts. Is the spirit wraith destroyed? Maya cried in sincere distress. No, not destroyed. Malice replied, an obvious tremor in her usually firm voice. "'But once more your brother runs free!' "'Zinkala has not yet failed,' Verna reasoned, trying to console her excited mother. "'The spirit wraith is very close,' Maya added, picking up Verna's cue. Malice dropped back into her seat and wiped the sweat out of her eyes. "'Leave me!' She commanded her daughters, not wanting them to observe her in such a sorry state. Zin Carla was stealing her life away, Malice knew, for every thought, every hope of her existence hinged on the spirit wraith's success. When the others had gone, Malice lit a candle and took out a tiny, precious mirror. What a wretched thing that she had become in the last few ten days. She'd hardly eaten and deep lines of worry creased her formerly glass-smooth ebony skin. By appearances, Matron Malice had aged more in the last few ten days than in a century before that. "'I will become as Matron Ben Ray,' she whispered in disgust. "'Withered and ugly!' For perhaps the very first time in her long life, Malice began to wonder of the value of her continual quest for power and the merciless Spider Queen's favor. The thoughts disappeared as quickly as they had come, though. Matron Malice had gone too far for such silly regrets. By her strength and devotion, Malice had taken her house to the status of a ruling family and had secured a seat for herself on the prestigious ruling council. She remained on the verge of despair, though, nearly broken by the strains of the last year, Again she wiped the sweat from her eyes and looked into the little mirror. What a wretched thing that she had become. Drizzt had done this to her, she reminded herself. Her youngest son's actions had angered the Spider Queen. His sacrilege had put malice on the edge of doom. "'Get him, my spirit wraith,' malice whispered with a sneer. At that moment of anger, she hardly cared what future the Spider Queen would lay out for her. More than anything else in all the world, Matron Malice Duarden wanted Drizzt dead. They ran through the winding tunnels blindly, hoping that no monsters would rear up suddenly before them. With the danger so very real at their backs, the three companions could not afford the usual caution. 
Hours passed, and they still ran. Belwar, older than his friends, and with his little legs working two strides for every one of Drizzt's and three strides for every one of Clacker's, tired first. But that didn't slow the group. Clacker hoisted the burrow warden onto a shoulder, and they ran on. How many miles they had covered they could not know when they at last broke for their first rest. Drizzt, silent and melancholy through the entire trek, took up a guard position at the entrance to the small alcove they'd chosen as a temporary camp. Recognizing his friend's deep pain, Belwar moved over to offer comfort. "'Not what you expected, Dark Elf,' the Burrow Warden asked softly. With no answer forthcoming, but with Drizzt obviously needing to talk, Belwar pressed on. "'The drowl in the cavern you knew. Did you claim that he was your father?' Driz snapped an angry glare at the Srevneblin, but his visage softened considerably when he took the moment to realize Belwar's concern. Zaknafane, Drizzt explained. Zaknafane Duarden, my father and mentor. It was he who trained me with the blade and who instructed me in all of my life. Zaknafane was my only friend in Menzaberanzan. "'the only drow I've ever known who shared my beliefs.' "'He meant to kill you,' Belwar stated flatly. Driz winced, and the Burrow Warden quickly tried to offer him some sort of hope. "'Did he not recognize you, perhaps?' "'He was my father,' Driz said again. "'My closest companion for two decades.' "'Then why, Dark Elf?' That was not Zach Nefane, replied Drizzt. Zach Nefane is dead, sacrificed by my mother to the Spider Queen. Maiga Kamara, Belwar whispered, horrified at the revelation concerning Drizzt's parents. The straightforwardness with which Drizzt explained the heinous deed led the Burrow Warden to believe that Malice's sacrifice was not so very unusual in the Drow City. A shudder coursed through Belwar's spine, but he sublimated his revulsion for the sake of his tormented friend. I do not know yet what monster Matron Malice has put in Zachnafane's guise, Drizzt went on, not even noticing Belwar's discomfort. A formidable foe, whatever it may be, the deep gnome remarked. That was exactly what troubled Drizzt. The drow warrior he had battled in the Illithid cavern moved with the precision and unmistakable style of Zachnafane Duarden. Driz's rationale could deny that Zachnafane would turn against him, but his heart told him that the monster he had crossed swords with was indeed his father. How did it end? Driz asked after a long pause. Belwar looked at him curiously. The fight, Driz explained. I remember the Illithid, but nothing more. Belwar shrugged and looked at Clacker. "'Ask him,' the Burrow Warden replied. "'A stone wall appeared between you and your enemies, but how it got there I can only guess.' Clacker heard the conversation and moved over to his friends. "'I put it there,' he said, his voice still perfectly clear. "'Powers of a peck?' Belwar asked. The Deep Gnome knew the reputation of peck powers with the stone— but not enough in detail to fully understand what Clacker had done. "'We are a peaceful race,' Clacker began, realizing that this might be his only chance to tell his friends of his people. 
He remained more peck-like than he had since his polymorph, but already he felt the base urges of a hook horror creeping back in. "'We desire only to work the stone. It is our calling and our love, and with this symbiosis with the earth comes a measure of power. The stones speak to us and aid us in our toils.' Driz looked wryly at Belwar, like the earth elemental you once raised against me. Belwar snorted an embarrassed laugh. No, Clacker said soberly, determined not to get sidetracked. Deep gnomes, too, can call upon the powers of the earth, but theirs is a different relationship. The Servnebli's love of the earth is only one of their very definitions of happiness. Clacker looked away from his companions to the rock wall. Pex are brothers with the earth. It aids us as we aid it, out of affection. You speak of the earth as though it's some sentient being, Driz remarked, not sarcastically, just out of curiosity. It is Dark Elf replied Belwar, imagining Clacker as he must have appeared before the encounter with the wizard. For those who can hear it. Clacker's huge beak head nodded in accord. Svrfnebli can hear the earth's distant song, he said. Peck can speak to it directly. This was all quite beyond Driz's understanding. He knew the sincerity in his companion's words, but drow elves were not nearly as connected to the rocks of the Underdark as the Svrfnebli and the Peck. Still, if Driz needed any proof of what Belwar and Clacker were hinting at, he had only to recall his battle against Belwar's earth elemental that decade ago, or imagine that wall that had somewhere appeared out of nowhere to block his enemies in the Illithid Cavern. What do the stones tell you now? Drizzt asked Clacker. Have we outdistance our enemies? Clacker moved over and put his ear to the wall. The words are vague now, he said with an obvious lament in his voice. His companions understood the connotation of his tone. The earth was speaking no less clearly. It was Clacker's hearing, impeded by the impending return of the hook horror that had begun to fade. I hear no others in pursuit, Clacker went on. But I'm not so sure as to trust my ears. He snarled suddenly, spun away, and walked back to the far side of the alcove. Drizzt and Belwar exchanged concerned looks, then moved to follow. What is it? The burrow warden dared to ask the Hokar, though he could guess readily enough. I am falling, Clacker replied and the grating that had returned to his voice only emphasized the point. In the Illithid cavern, I was Peck, more Peck than ever before. I was Peck in narrow focus. I was the earth, Belwar and Drizzt seemed not to understand. The wall, Clacker tried to explain. Bringing up such a wall is a task that only a g group of Peck elders could accomplish, working together through painstaking rituals. Clacker paused and shook his head violently, as though he was trying to throw out the hook horror aside. 
he slammed his heavy claw into the wall and forced himself to continue. Yet I did it. I became the stone and merely lifted my hand to block Driz's enemies. And now it is leaving, Driz said softly. The peck is falling away from your grasp once again, buried under the instincts of the hook horror. Clacker looked away and again banged a hook against the wall in reply. Something in the motion brought him comfort, and he repeated it over and over, rhythmically tap-tapping as if trying to hold on to a piece of his former self. Drizzt and Belwar walked over to the alcove and back into the corridor to give their giant friend his privacy. A short time later, they noticed that the tapping had ceased, and Clacker stuck his head out, his huge bird-like eyes filled with sorrow. His stuttered words sent shivers through the spines of his friends, for they found that they could not deny his logic or his desire. P -p -p please, kill me, 